Hey, you guys, this is Sharice Hurst, and welcome to The Ambitious Agent, where you will hear information that you can apply today that's going to aid you in building a successful insurance business. Let's go. So have you guys ever sat with someone that says, well, I don't really need to chat with you about Medicare because I plan on working past 65. Or have you sat with some folks who said, oh, I need to talk to you about Medicare because I'm turning 65 and I want to make sure I'm I'm not penalized, even though I'm going to continue working and have insurance at my job. Everyone's telling me that if I don't enroll in Medicare Part B and Medicare Part D, then I'm going to have these lifetime penalties that I'm going to have to pay. Can you help me get signed up? What should I do? So there are instances where it makes sense for someone to stay on their employer coverage. And then there are also times when it doesn't. But you'll never know until you really dig deep, you ask the right questions, and you explain how things work to your potential client. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So usually whenever I sit with someone, I always ask, what insurance do you have right now? Do you have Medicare only, Medicare Part A and B? Are you enrolled in a Medicare Advantage plan, a Medicare Supplement plan, or do you have employer insurance? If I'm sitting with someone that has employer insurance, then the first thing I like to do is explain to them, give them a brief overview of how you know, penalties work, letting them know that, hey, as long as you continue to maintain this credible coverage that you have through your employer, even past the age of 65, you may not need to enroll in Medicare Part B, D, and get a Medicare Advantage or Medicare Supplement Plan because um, you won't, it may not make financial sense and you won't be penalized as long as you maintain that coverage. But let's kind of compare some, some, some insurances to insurances to see if it makes the most sense for you to, to remain on your employer coverage since you do have an option. So at that time, what I begin, what I usually do is I create a T-chart. I just turn my little questionnaire page over. I'll make a T-chart and I'll have, you know, their employer insurance, whoever that's with on one side. And we're going to compare that to what things would cost if they were to enroll in Medicare and, and enroll on a supplement or a Medicare Advantage plan. And this is something that I usually do. I don't do the T-chart right at the moment when I'm asking those questions. It's usually toward the end. But if I do sit with someone that I can tell doesn't really want to chat too much because they feel like they don't need any additional coverage, then we'll go ahead and do that T-chart then. So what I ask them, number one, is what's your monthly premium? And you guys, you'd be surprised what the monthly premium is on some employer plans. I mean, I recently sat with someone and her monthly premium was $500 a month for her employer health insurance. And she was already barely making it. And she felt like she may not need Medicare because, well, I have employer insurance. So what do I need Medicare for? So you know, I was really surprised. I'm like, wow, how much is it? You know, it was close to 500. It was, it was 238 a qu- uh, every two weeks. So I said, okay, so I always write down how much it costs per month. Then you want to ask them, what's their deductible? 
That's very important when you are comparing insurances to insurances. What's your deductible? Do you have a deductible? Is it $500? Is it $5,000? What's that deductible? Next, a few other questions you want to ask them is, um, is dental, do, do they have dental coverage? Is that included? You want to know how much it costs when they go to see their PCP, uh, how much it costs when they see their specialist. And if they have their card, you can get that, of course, off the front of their card. How much it costs when they go to the hospital and how much it costs if they go to the emergency room. And of course, just make sure that prescription drug coverage is included. Find out if that's included or not. And then ask about dental and vision. With dental, do you have dental coverage? Is that an additional cost? Well, how much is your dental coverage? Okay, and and what is the um, you know, what's the the maximum amount that the dental company pays? Is it you know a thousand dollars? What's the annual maximum? Is it fifteen hundred? It's usually either a thousand or fifteen hundred. In some instances, it's more. It's it's two thousand, but a thousand and fifteen hundred is what we see uh, most often. So, you. Once you ask those questions, then over on the other side, what I put is what the cost of Medicare Part B will will be. Um, when I'm looking at their insurance card, I'm looking to see also if they have an HMO or PPO. And usually, it like for example, the last person I sat with had a PPO, so I'm going to just compare PPOs to PPOs later on. If she decides she wants to go with the HMO, that's fine, but for the purpose of this meeting and diving right into that, um, then we were just going to compare PPOs to PPO. So on that other side, you know, I'll write down what the cost of Medicare Part B is. Um, I usually do ask who their doctors are, who their PCP is and their specialists. For me in the area that I work in, a lot of people see uh, specialists and PCPs that belong to hospital networks. And I pretty much know by heart which companies accept which networks. So I'll kind of have an idea of what plan they can possibly enroll in after I get through asking some more details. But this is just for an example to give them an idea of what things will cost if they were on a Medicare Advantage plan, if that's what they want to go with or a supplement and comparing it to what they have now. So for this lady, it was going to be a Medicare Advantage plan and not a supplement because I did briefly go over with her the differences between the supplement and a Medicare Advantage plan. And so a Medicare Advantage plan is what um, what she wanted to kind of take a look at. She was open to looking at. And so I had one in mind. So I wrote down how much Part B costs. I wrote down what the monthly premium of that PPO would cost. In this case, it was $10. So that made her raise her eyebrows right there. She was like $10 a month versus almost $500. Okay. And then I also let her know that the company she had at her employer um, for the insurance, if she wanted to stay with that company, we can compare that company's Medicare Advantage PPO plan to the employer PPO plan. It just so happens she didn't want to stay with them. But that's a good option because sometimes that makes the beneficiary more comfortable. When you say, hey, if you're with United Healthcare, you're already with Cigna, you're already with Humana or Aetna, let's compare Aetna to Aetna or Humana to Humana if that's something that you'd like. Would you like to do that? And sometimes they, they just feel better about that. 
But in her case, with the with the company she was with, she didn't want to stay with them, which worked out because that wasn't really what I wanted to to use in the comparison. So I wrote down the cost, $10. I wrote down how much it would cost to see the PCP. And I let her know that these are these are estimates, right? We'll, we'll get more specific if she decides she wants to look deeper into this. But so I wrote down the cost of, you know, the PCP, the specialist, hospitalization, ER, let her know that prescription drug coverage was included at no additional cost. Also wrote in there that dental is included at no additional cost. And the maximum was $500 more than what she was getting with her dental plan that she's paying for. Um, And then let her know that vision was also included. It's important to not forget to make sure that the person you're sitting in front of understands that whether they go with the MAPD plan or a Medicare supplement, that they are going to have to continue to pay for Medicare Part B. And you want to make sure that you calculate that in. Be transparent. Be upfront. Don't be one of those agents that is so desperate and thirsty for a sale that you omit information. That's that's lying. Don't do that. Add that in too. So when we compare the two, I mean, overwhelmingly, she's like, I, I'm i thinking I'm going to have to go with a Medicare Advantage plan. Now, I just sat with her. So open enrollment does start for her company next month. So I told her, well, let's do this. Let's not move hastily because I don't like to rush people. I want them to feel, I want them to be ecstatic about the decision that we make together. So I told her, I said, well, let's wait until you get your new benefits. Email them to me. Then we'll schedule a time and we'll get back together and we'll compare your new benefits, you know, to again. And, you know, that's that. Let's let's just do that since, you know, she wasn't 100 percent sure. Let's compare the new benefits. Some of the other things that you want that that will come up in these conversations when you're sitting with folks is they'll ask, hey, which one is primary? If I let's say I decide to enroll in Medicare and I want to keep my employer insurance, can I do that? Of course, you can do that. Can I enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan and keep my employer insurance? What I always let folks know, if that's something that you want to do, you first need to call your HR department. And you need to ask them what will happen if I enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan or a Medicare supplement and I want to keep my employer insurance. Because there are instances where they can do that. There are times when they can't. So some of the answers that they're going to hear from their um, HR department is either, yeah, you can go ahead and, and, you know, we do coordinate benefits so you can have both at the same time. Or they may say, no, if you choose to drop this employee, if you choose to enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan, for example, then you will not be able to keep the insurance that you receive here at your job. Or depending on the company, they're with, let's just say, okay, they're with insurance company ABC. Well, insurance company ABC says the only way we'll coordinate benefits and be okay with you enrolling in a Medicare Advantage plan is if you enroll in our Medicare Advantage plan, company's ABC Medicare Advantage plan, then you can keep both. So if you have someone that wants to look into that option, have them call their HR department first because the last thing you want is a problem. Them calling you and they couldn't keep both and now they're mad with you and they want to file a complaint and all that. Let them hear from the HR department and then you guys will make the decision based on that. 
But what you what you want to let them know is is that if they decide that it makes more sense for them to to keep their insurance at at their job, that they won't have a penalty and let them know that once they do retire, that they'll have they have an eight month special enrollment period, special election period. Where, where they can go ahead and enroll in Medicare and choose a Medicare Advantage plan. You know, also let them know that there is a form that their employer is going to have to fill out when they go to enroll in Medicare Part B to ensure that they do not have a penalty. This form is called CMS-L564. It's a request for employment information form. And their employer is going to have to fill out Section B as best that they can. And that's something that the Social Security Department is going to ask for if they're over the age of 65 to verify that they did have credible coverage. I like to just keep a copy of the form and I'll just email it over to them whenever that time gets here and say, hey, go ahead and have your employer fill this out. Go ahead and have this on hand. If you go into the Social Security office to apply for Medicare Part B, take it with you. This will help expedite the process. If they decide to do it online, well, they'll ask for it when they need it, but you'll already have it done to send in. And then, you know, you'll have your your eight months after you stop working, you know, to get signed up and to make some decisions. Another thing that they may ask you if they're trying to decide if they want to have both Medicare and their employer insurance is, okay, well, how do they pay out? You know, which one's primary, which one's secondary? That's what, what, you know, my potential client was asking me. And the simple way to answer that question is, you know, if you're still working, um, and your the company you're working for, they have less than 20 employees, then Medicare is primary, and then your employer coverage is secondary. If the company that they're working for has more than 20 employees, then generally the health plan is primary and Medicare is secondary. So make sure you kind of keep that in mind whenever you're sitting with someone um, and they ask you that question. I usually don't kind of just talk about that in my presentation. It's usually if that comes up, then that's how you answer the question. Another tidbit of information that I think um, would be beneficial whenever I'm sitting and talking with someone is I always tell them, hey, you know, to avoid a tax penalty, um, you and your employer, you need to stop contributing to your HSA if they have one. In this case, this client I was speaking with did have one, you know, at least six months before you retire or before you apply for benefits from the Social Security Department. And the reason why you want to do that is because when someone is 65 or older um, and, you know, they apply for benefits, basically you, you can't have Medicare and and contribute to your HSA at the same time. So you want to make sure that, so for instance, with this client that I'm sitting with, you know, if she decides to move forward, more than likely her new plan is going to start in January. If she decides to move forward with Medicare, she'll, she'll start her Medicare Part B in January and she's going to start her coverage with her MAPD plan in January too. Well, she needs to go ahead and stop her and her employer. They need to go ahead and stop contributing to her HSA account now. And that's just a little bit of good information 
to give your client because when you're giving them this information, especially these things that they had no idea about, that they didn't even ask about, that is relevant, then these are the things that help to position you as the expert. And these are giving these little tidbits of information. This is what's going to make them go back to their job and be like, hey, let me tell you, when they're talking to folks who may be in their age group, this lady here told me about this. She told me about that. She helped me avoid some tax penalties and this and that. This is who you need to sit with to talk about your insurance because she saved me X amount of dollars. I still got to keep my doctors. I still have the same coverage. My medications are still covered. I get even more coverage on dental. You may want to sit down and talk with her. So that's all I wanted to share with you guys today. And and even if the person decides to not enroll in the Medicare Advantage plan, it, it still opens up an opportunity for them to send referrals to you without you even asking because you gave them such great information because you clarified some of the the misinformation that's out here like the the whole penalty thing I can't tell you how many times I've sat with people who felt like they had to enroll in Medicare Part B and D because they were going to be penalized and it just it just eased them when I let them know absolutely not if you're going to stay on your employer coverage and we we made sure it made sense then no save that money don't spend that money unnecessarily enroll in Medicare Part B and Part D they appreciate that especially if they know that you're going to make a commission by enrolling them in Part D and and possibly a Medicare Advantage plan. They'll tell you like, man, I I know you didn't make any money today. They start feeling bad. You know, you didn't sign me up for anything. I've had folks say, hey, can I just pay you for coming out today? No, you absolutely not. But it makes them want to make that up to you. You didn't make a sale You gave them the information. You chose to walk away without a sale. You know, and they know you could have made that sale. You could have ran with that misinformation that they were given and get them set up with a plan, but you made the choice to do the right thing. Man, when you do that for folks, you guys, I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. And they feel so indebted to you that they're like, I'm going to send other people to talk to you. Hey, you need to talk to this person. You need to talk to that person. So make sure that, You understand things like this. You understand the penalties and how they work. You understand the SCPs and how they work. You have the documentation that you can just send right over to them just like that. If they decide that they're over 65 and now they want to retire, hey, let me help make this process a little bit easier for you. See, you're going to need this, this, and this. I'm going to go ahead and send you this document, have your HR department fill out. Make sure you stop contributing to your HSA by this point. They're going to send you business forever. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll catch you on the next one.